Welcome to the Blizzard. I'm Omar Moore. It is Monday, February the 5th, 2024. On this edition of the Blizzard, Trayvon Benjamin Martin. It's Trayvon Martin's birthday today. He would have been 29 years of age. Unfortunately, he's no longer with us. And he hasn't been with us for 12 years. I'll be reflecting on what would have been the 29th birthday of Trayvon Benjamin Martin. Coming up next. Dear listener, hello to you. I hope you are well on this Monday. It is February the 5th, 2024. Again, I hope you are well. Thank you very much indeed for tuning in to this edition of the Politocrat Daily Podcast. I am Omar Moore, wishing you well on this day and whichever day you happen to be listening to this particular episode of the Politocrat Daily Podcast. Don't forget, by the way, that you can go online and shop this podcast. That's right. Shop the podcast. There's merchandise that I have designed all in connection with this podcast. And there will be new merchandise for the springtime as well added to the website. The place to go for that is the-politocrat.myshopify.com. That's the-politocrat.myshopify.com. So here we are, dear listener. It's a Monday and, you know, there's been so much loss, so much loss across the planet that we live on. And sometimes it's really unbearable, even if it's not loss that's in your immediate family circle, even if it's lost that maybe way, way, way not related to you, if you will. There's just so much loss every day on this planet. There's so much loss. And I'm talking about loss of life and loss of human life, loss of any living thing's life, but loss of human life. What's going on on the African continent? What's going on in Gaza the atrocities there, the atrocities in numerous other parts of the world that aren't getting the attention of the Western news media, the corporate Western news media. And there's so much loss. I mean, it's, I have to say, I, I'm still struggling with the loss of Joe Madison. That was the last episode of this podcast was last Thursday, February the 1st. And I wanted to, do a podcast episode over the weekend, but I just couldn't, I just couldn't do it because in my own way, I was grieving for Mr. Madison as he was affectionately known. He was also affectionately known as the Black Eagle. And I still, um, it's not, I shouldn't say still as if it's been 55 years or 65 years or 75 years. I, you know, days on, I am continuing to think about Mr. Madison and his influence um, on me and on so many millions of people and, and how important he was to black people and how much of a humanitarian he was and 
an educator, he was a truth teller that he was, you know, had a tremendous level of integrity, which we don't see in very many people on this planet. You know, very few people have integrity and, and principles that they really, really stand by. You know, very, very few people, you know, that's just the way I look at this. You, you don't find people like Joe Madison around very often, you know. Somebody who educated, somebody who was an activist, who was a leader, who was a Hall of Fame broadcaster, somebody who led humanitarian missions, someone who um, took trips to the African continent to, to highlight what was going on in Sudan, the war there and the famine there and the drought there and, and just the things that he did to make this world a better place. And the things they did on behalf of black people to fight for human rights for black people all across the globe. This was Joe Madison, and he only lived for 74 years. And so, pardon me, dear listener, if I become a little bit, uh, well, yeah, this is a difficult moment. I mean, we've lost several people already this year we've only gone through the first month and five days of the year this is that fifth of those five days after the full month of january that has already passed in 2024 and you know, there's so much to reflect on already you know we lost carl weathers the day after or just the day after it was at least announced the day after uh, joe madison's announcement announcement of his passing on Friday of this past weekend, of this past week, we learned that Carl Weathers had passed. You know, Carl Weathers was just two years older than Joe Madison. And, you know, I get to thinking black people, especially black men, you know, we don't get to live very long in the United States of America. And that's not at our doing for the most part, at least for a lot of us. You know, 76 is not a very old age at all. It's rather young, as is 74. But it's what both Joe Madison and Carl Weathers did in the course of their lives that was tremendously important. And in that relatively short time frame, they did so much, especially Joe Madison, who lived two years fewer than Carl Weathers did. Carl Weathers, by the way, in case you don't know, dear listener, um, was an actor, was a linebacker in the NFL, and somebody who um, turned to acting after his playing days really were coming down or winding down, I suppose. And he found himself uh, a staple of the Rocky movies with Sylvester Stallone. He was in the first four Rocky movies. And he also found himself in various roles, including Happy Gilmore on the big screen and Action Jackson, which might be quite frankly, his most famous role, even though people always refer back to the Rocky movies, as I have done. Action Jackson was really the thing, I think, that really uh, was the movie that spotlighted Carl Weathers in a leading role because he wasn't a lead man in Rocky and he wasn't a lead man in Happy Gilmore, which came along after Action Jackson. Action Jackson really was the movie that um, I think his, was his signature movie. And of course, he played in some of the so-called black exploitation movies as well in the 1970s. So Carl Weathers will be dearly missed, sorely missed. He was a really decent human being as well. And I wanted to just spend the time uh, paying homage to him as well. May both 
Mr. Madison and Carl Weathers rest in power. So, dear listener, loss is the theme of this episode, and really the topic I'm going to get into after the break is that of one Trayvon Benjamin Martin. He would have been 29 years of age today had he not been murdered so savagely, had not been it been for him being murdered by George Zimmerman, who really um, is going to rot in hell when all is said and done. Trayvon Martin would have turned 29 years old today. Today is his birthday, and I'll be reflecting on his birthday and on him coming up right after this. Today is February 5th, 2024. This is the birthday of Trayvon Martin. Happy birthday, Trayvon. You are not with us physically, but you are with us, obviously, in spirit. And your 29th birthday, I'm sure, would have been a joyous day. And it hurts to know that you are not with us physically. I do hope that you are resting well. Trevor Martin would have been 29 years of age today. And I reflect on this because I don't think that this country, for that matter, this world, should forget Trayvon Martin, and I'm not just talking about the brutal killing of Mr. Martin. I'm talking about who he was. He was a decent young kid. And I do remember at the time, dear listener, that the corporate news media in the United States spent a great deal of time focusing on some revelation or fact that he had had a tiny amount of marijuana in his system and as if that particular finding was somehow going to change our view about how animalistic and violent and evil George Zimmerman was and of course there were some jackasses who predictably ran around saying, see, see, he was a druggie, he was a drug dealer, he did this, he did that, he deserved to be killed. I mean, that's the kind of bullcrap that you will hear in the United States and in in some other places as well. Trevor Martin was a really decent kid, you know? He was a kid, he was just that. Remember when he was killed, he was only 17 years of age. And if a young kid cannot walk the streets, no matter whether it's day or night, if a young kid, a young brother, cannot jog during the middle of the day, what does that say about us? What does that say about humanity at large? I mean, both of these killings, by the way, and the jogging 
during the day, I'm referring to, of course, the the young brother who jogged during the day in the, in the Georgia and was killed, Ahmaud Arbery. Both of these killings took place on a Sunday, by the way. Not that that matters for any particular reason, but one of them took place on Sunday afternoon at high noon, sun shining. The other one took place on Sunday evening, raining, a rainy Sunday night. I think the NBA All-Star game had been played as well, and, and Trayvon Martin was coming back from the store having bought some Skittles and some Arizona iced tea and a car shadowed him and we know what happened after that, you know? But Trayvon Martin was so much more than those final moments of his life. And what the corporate news media did in this country was to focus on those final moments of his life and then after he had been killed, focused very much on what he may have had in this system, as if that somehow has any blooming relevance to the heinous, cowardly execution, lynching, that George Zimmerman perpetrated on Trayvon Martin. What does that say about a 28-year-old coward, punk, wannabe cop, violent, murdering, lynching, self-appointed hitman. What does that say about him? But what does it also say about the country? I think we know what it says about this violent country that we, some of us live in. And what does it say about us as a society that we would marginalize Trayvon Martin to the final few moments of his life but not look at, and certainly not look at George Zimmerman at all throughout his life. After all, he's the one that's still living. It's always about maximizing the minimum and minimizing the maximum. And that's what's happened here. So, Trevor Martin was a really decent person from what I've read and understood about him. His Mother, Sabrina Fulton, has been 110% rock solid throughout these very difficult 12 years. It's been 12 years almost. It actually will be 12 years on February the 26th. But, you know, I don't want to focus on the 26th of February. I've already taken a moment to talk a little bit about it more obliquely. But there'll be a lot of people in three weeks who will be talking about February 26th. You know, they'll they'll go on about it. You know, in fact, it's exactly three weeks from today. And so people will talk about the 26th and all the rest of it. But I choose to talk about the 5th of February, February 5th today. Because that was when Trayvon Martin was brought into the world. Sabrina Fulton, Sabrina Fulton brought him into the world. So that's the moment I want to focus on. You know? That's what I want to focus on. Who knows what Trayvon would have grown up to become. Certainly wouldn't, I don't think he would have been as vicious or as violent anywhere close to anywhere in that range. You know, I think he would have been a gentleman. 
Trayvon Martin, Trayvon Benjamin Martin. He could have been your son. You know? He could have been your son. Could have been your daughter, by the way. Could have been you. Could have been me. Could have been your spouse. Could have been your aunt, uncle, niece, nephew, brother or sister. Your cousin. I wonder if we've learned from any of these violent moments in our in our country in this country's history I, I don't know that we have i think we kind of we absorb we absorb these things and we just move on don't we some of us of course the families can't move on and they've lost a loved one and why should they but we as a country do and should we be moving on or should we actually be trying to urgently do something about the violence in this country, the white violence in this country, and for that matter, the violence committed by black people against other black folk in our neighborhoods, just like the white violence perpetrated against white people in white neighborhoods, because, you know, the dirty little secret that doesn't get told is that roughly 87 or 88 percent of White people are killed by white people in the United States. But, you know, there's this phenomenon that gets thrown at us called black on black crime, as if there isn't white on white crime. You never hear that term. You rarely ever, ever hear it. But, you know, I digress. Who knows where Trayvon Martin would be right now at 29 years old? It's hard to say. I mean, I gave you what I thought about where he might be. But where are we 12 years later? Where are we on Trayvon Martin's 29th birthday, more to the point? Where are we? Have we as a country progressed? Have we learned anything from Trayvon Martin and What happened to him? And I don't think we have. We've gone further backwards. Or perhaps we are where we've been all along in the United States, which is in denial. In a permanent state of denial. I think that's where I'm positing the centerpiece of this particular episode I think that a lot of us and us I mean people living in this country many of whom are white most of whom are white deny that the United States of America could be such a violent and cruel place deny that there is anti-black racism and a system that's propped up on it and built upon black bodies and enslavement of black bodies and the institutionalized racism and the class structured and rather the caste structured system that 
uses and weaponizes race and racism in a systemic and institutionalized way so as to discriminate against black people and to control their movements and whereabouts. We've not learned a darn thing about Trayvon Martin after Trayvon Martin any more than we've learned much else beyond George Floyd. Because if we had learned from Trayvon Martin, we wouldn't have George Floyd. We wouldn't have Breonna Taylor. We wouldn't have Breonna Taylor to be mourning. We wouldn't. And we wouldn't have Alton Sterling or Philando Castile or Rakia Boyd or name the latest black person to be killed by police. Insert their name here. I mean, that's really where we are, aren't we? I mean, we wouldn't have Tyree Nichols either. We wouldn't have any of these people that I've just named to be talking about where, where more people know them in death than they do in life. And that's really an indictment, isn't it, of us. And that's really where you are, you know. Um, mm. Dear, oh dear, oh dear. It's one of those things, dear listener, and pardon me for the uh, mic noise. It's one of those things where you, you just, I mean, I sit here and I struggle with this. And it's not to say that I don't think of really good, upbeat things and have a pretty darn good existence in this world and, and, and um, ha- fairly happy, rather happy and rather content. I am. However, I don't, want to pretend and ever can be afforded the desire to pretend that things aren't going on in this society. I'm not going to sit here and pretend that things are fair and equal when they're not. And James Baldwin would tell you that. Ida B. Wells would tell you that. Dr. Maya Angelou would tell you that. Toni Morrison would tell you that. Malcolm X, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. would tell you that. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. wrote specifically in the book, Where Do We Go From Here? Chaos or Community? About white people and their discomfort. I mean, of black folk. Among other things, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., when did you ever hear about that in your mainstream corporate news media? I don't think we've learned from Trayvon Martin. And I'm not saying we haven't, we've not learned anything from him personally. I mean what's happened surrounding him. And we just continue to move on and pretend that nothing has happened here. Nothing to see here. You know? It's the way we look at gun violence in this country. It's the way that laws like stand your ground are used as a defense by a violent, wannabe white man who's really a Latino named George Zimmerman while in the same state of Florida Marissa Alexander uses that very same stand your ground law and defending herself against her violent husband shooting a bullet into the ceiling 
as a warning shot. No one is killed. No one is struck. She gets 20 years of a prison sentence. 20 year sentence. And the stand your ground rule somehow does not apply to her. Well, well, well. A black woman defending herself against a violent man in a marriage, a domestic violence situation, which further reinforces the patriarchy and the anti-blackness and the misogynoir of all of that. And I weep in my heart tonight for Trayvon Martin, because although this is a kind of, you might say, a celebratory moment because it's his 29th birthday, It's also a very sad moment because he'll always be 17. Thank you very much for listening to this edition of The Politocrat. I'm Omar Moore.